listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Delaney Childs. She is the blogger behind The Styled Seed. She's a full-time blogger, content creator, freelance model, and general creative pursuing multiple entrepreneurial outlets of expression and art. So welcome, Delaney. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to chat, chat about your blog, how it came to be, as well as some awesome, you know, advice that you can have for the influencers who are listening in and really ready to take their blog to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to share. So let's kick this off with a this or that, and we'll just dive straight into it. So are you an early riser or a night owl? Um, I'm definitely an early riser. I try to sleep in and the latest I can ever get is like eight o'clock. So I'm definitely a morning girl. Nice. Have you always been? Um, I guess so. Yeah, I'm not, I, I actually am a firm believer in the idea that nothing good happens after midnight. So <laughs> I, I try to uh, yeah. stay, I try to stay like away from those late nights because yeah. I don't think anything good has ever happened to me past midnight. So it is so true. Literally, I think it was like three weekends ago. So I never stay out late either. And three weekends ago, I was like, you know what? Um, I've like been working really hard this week. Like I'll just go meet up with some people. And it was like 1145 and literally sh- I should not have left the house. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, we, we just have to learn some lessons the hard way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> do you prefer tea or coffee? Um, I actually do not like coffee at all. So definitely tea. Nice. Um, podcasts or books? Uh, that one's really hard for me because I love, love, love both. But I think at the end of the day, I'm more of just like an old school book person. Nice. You like having like the physical like book in your hand. Yeah. Like I've never been able to get onto the like Kindle or anything like that. I just prefer like the feel of a book and like, they're just like books are super comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Like I carry them with me for like even if I'm not reading them I just like to like have them so I'm attached to books yeah I actually was thinking the other day I realized I've never finished a book if I have it on my iPad whereas Mm. I'll actually finish one if it's like a physical book in my hand that's so interesting I think it's because it's top of mind if the book's just sitting there you know Mm -hmm. and and I just don't like reading on screens I was the kid in college that would like print off 20 pages in the library if it was like an ebook <laughs> no me too I was like I need to like feel it and I like to highlight everything mm-hmm. so like, yeah I don't know I just I'm I don't like reading on screens either I'm like this is like not good for my eyes no it, there's no way it'll be no. interesting to see what happens since now yes. like everything is on screen mm-hmm. colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe 
Uh, I used to be more of a colorful wardrobe girl, but I have evolved into a totally neutral wardrobe girl. And I mean, I always had a ton of black and white in my closet, but I used to wear like a lot of red and yellow and stuff. And now I kind of just stick to all neutrals. Do you think that that's like an age thing? Like it's like more sophisticated or just kind of that's just where it shifted? Yeah, I mean, my style and my life and everything is constantly evolving. So it's always, always changing. So I think that it has a little bit to do with everything, sort of like my surroundings and my personal style, as well as like maturing a little bit and dressing differently because of that. Um, and also just like being a blogger and like creating visual content. I've, I think that neutrals are very aesthetically pleasing. So I, yeah. I've definitely like gravitated towards that for that reason as well. Love that. Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Oh, Bloody Mary for sure. Oh my gosh. No one ever says Bloody Mary. I get so excited. Yes. I love a good Bloody Mary. I like having like, especially if I'm somewhere where I don't know if there's going to be like a lot of food. I feel like Uh that like fills me up. Pulls you over. Yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with micheladas. So like, oh my gosh. Yes. It's kind of like a Bloody Mary. So yeah, I'm like that type of girl for sure. Oh my gosh. This just made my day. (laughs) Like literally you have no idea. No one. And, and most people will be like, ew, Bloody Mary. (laughs) And I'm like, I put, I chose this question because I thought it'd be hard. Like, oh, should I choose Bloody Mary and no it's like everyone's like Bloody Mary (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny well we can go get Bloody Marys anytime perfect (laughs) (laughs) and then the last one is takeout or cooking um I actually love cooking what's your favorite thing to cook oh gosh I don't really have like a favorite thing I definitely like trying new recipes because it's fun and exciting for the most part until like sometimes I try a new recipe and it's literally just like oh my god we're having like the worst dinner tonight like I I (laughs) hate the feeling of like ruining a meal because you know you you're not gonna like start over and you're not gonna like go out after you bought all that stuff and like cooked and I'm like no like I was so excited for a good meal and now we have this like weird (laughs) thing that was like cool on Pinterest and it's not okay in real life (laughs) so I mean I I like cooking everything but um definitely more like cooking rather than baking I feel like that's a trend yeah baker or not and I'm not that great at baking so I prefer you know just cooking dinner and stuff yeah I can't do the baking thing either I think I lose interest halfway through whereas with cooking like you're kind of constantly in it you're not sitting there waiting for it exactly Uh, yeah so it's like a little bit more interactive yeah I agree Okay, so let's dive into the styled seed. And you actually, you just celebrated your two-year anniversary. So that's exciting. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's crazy. Like, it seems like I've been doing this for, like, ever because it's such a consuming thing. It's literally (laughs) day in and day out that I'm like, wow, it's, like, only been two years. I thought I was doing this for, like, ten years. But at the same time, it's also, like, you know, just like flown by and I'm like, wow, I'm so like grateful that I've been able to like do this for as long as I have. It just, since it's such a consuming thing, I'm like, it feels like forever. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so true. But that is so exciting. So take us back to two years ago when you launched this and even maybe like a few months back where like it was just an idea. So what was that process like taking that from idea to the launch? Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I am from Reno, Nevada, which is a bit of like a small town vibe for people that aren't familiar with the area. And um, it's definitely not fashion forward or fashion focused, but my whole life I've loved fashion and I've really liked to like express myself with it and try out new things. And that was always a little bit iffy growing up just because Reno's like the type of place if you're wearing like a fiddler hat I feel people like look at you on the street like (laughs) why are you wearing that which is like not even a big deal you know Mm -hmm. so um I was always like really apprehensive to sort of express myself and especially in like a bigger way like a blog and just putting it like way out there um so I was uh unfortunately and um you know, looking back, I think it's silly that I was afraid, but I definitely was just staying small in my own world for a while because I was afraid of like judgment and like, you know, not fitting in with the like culture around me and stuff. Um, so it was an idea for a really long time and it never came to fruition because I sort of stayed in this scared place. And then, um, I graduated college about six months before my boyfriend did. So I was kind of like in this weird limbo where I was just like not in school and I just needed something to do. And I was waiting for him to get out of school. And I was like, okay, I think I might start this blog um and then it turned out uh, a couple things happened and the way that my life was going shifted and um I found out when my boyfriend graduated we would be moving to the bay area together mm-hmm. so I felt like it was like a perfect time to you know start this journey since I needed something to focus on and I was like leaving this little circle of my hometown so I was like you know what I'm just sort of like putting all my fears aside and I'm just going to go for it. So I went out and bought a camera, which I had no idea how to use. And I (laughs) handed it to my boyfriend and I was like, you need to learn how to use this because I'm doing this thing called a blog. (laughs) I like told uh, my family and my close friends, like, yeah, this is like what I'm going to do. And like, I didn't really know what I was doing and no one who I told really knew what I was doing because it was just like, okay, whatever. Like we don't know what a blog is or what you're talking about, but for sure. Um, and then we just sort of, my boyfriend and I just partnered up and chipped away at it. And, you know, before you knew it, like I said, it was consuming my life. Yeah. Did you set out for it to be your career path or when you decided that you were going to do the blog thing, were you like, I'm going to go all in with this or were you like, I'm going to like just do it. And it would be really cool if one day it becomes my career. Yeah. Um, when I first started, I actually didn't really realize that it even was a career option. Um, I think most bloggers, I mean, now I feel like it's a little bit different. Everyone yeah. is a blogger and everyone wants to be a blogger. So I think that there's more knowledge about it. And I think maybe some people do get into it um, knowing that's what they want their job to be. But uh, at the point that I started, I definitely did it as just a hobby and a passion. Like it was something I just genuinely wanted to like share with the world in a fun way. And so that's kind of all I thought I was doing with it. And then, um, as I started to 
you know, work at it and give it a lot of effort, I started to make a little bit of money here and there. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, this is actually like a lucrative thing as well. Um, and then uh, six months uh, into blogging, I was actually transitioning out of another job. And I decided to just give it my all. And, you know, I figured I have this theory that you can't, I think it's impossible to spend 40 plus hours a week on something and have nothing to show for it. So I was like, you know what, if I, if I give my all to this every week, like if I say this is my full-time job and I give it as much effort as a full-time job, it's going to be one. Like I'm going to make money. I'm going to have a career out of it. So um, that's sort of how it turned into my job. I am obsessed with that. That is so <laughs> true. Like, okay. Yeah, of course. Because if you do something and you put in like 15 hours a week, of course, it's not going to give you the results of a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the key. Like you decided you're going to like show up every day in this. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, people are like, can you make that your job? Like, how is this going to work? And I'm like, well, I don't really know the answers to any of those things right now, but I (laughs) do believe that like, if I literally spend this much effort and time every week on this thing, there's no way that I'm not going to have something to show for it. Like it's going to turn into something because you can't, I just literally believe it's impossible to put that much work into something and have it give you nothing back. 110%. I also think one of the really awesome things that you mentioned is that you had a passion behind this. Like this was something that you would do, whether it was a career or wasn't a career. And that's how you went into it. And I talk to bloggers and influencers every single day now with this podcast. And the one thing that I see is that for them, this was not something that they sought out to have like a quote unquote cool career. Like it Mm -hmm. literally was something that came from like a passion inside of them. And I think that that's a reminder that this industry is unlike any other in the sense that you can't just like phone it in like Mm -hmm. other jobs, like, you know, like you could be an accountant and you could show up, do the work and not really be that excited about it and still like get a good review but you just can't do that in blogging. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not sustainable. Like those people who, um, I think there's people that unfortunately at this point are trying to get into the industry for the wrong reasons, whether that be, uh, they think you don't have to work and they, they want that lifestyle or they just want like free clothes or, uh, I don't know like what it is, but I just, I don't think that you can fake it till you make it in this industry. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's, too much uh, personal like passion and grit to actually make something this like abstract and creative work. So you have to have passion behind it. I think totally like free clothes is not work, you know, like all this work, like it's they don't even know. They don't, it's like such a skewed perception, the reality of blogging and the like consumer idea of it, but it's, that's okay. It's so true. My background in corporate was in the fashion industry. I was a assistant buyer at Neiman Marcus and that was, that's oh, wow. very similar to me feel as the blogging industry because there's this glamorized view of it. And then like, but when you're in it, like you're in the trenches. <laughs> 
Yeah. And everyone just thinks that it's like so easy and glorious. And they're like, oh, that's so cute. You like pick out clothes. Like how fun. You're like, no, I like lug these like clothes yeah. around and yeah. like my hours are crazy. Yeah. And- I'm on spreadsheets all day. Yeah. Like it's, it's just so interesting how there are quite a few jobs out there, including blogging that just because there's only one side that the general public sees, that's what they assume. And that honestly was a huge part of launching this podcast is because I started my blog, my first blog back in 2009 or 2010. And so I closed it down, but I always stayed friends with, um, all the girls I met who were bloggers and, you know, as the industry's grown, they've grown. And I wanted to like share their stories because it's so much more that goes into it than just, you know, the Instagram feed. Absolutely. And I think it's, I think it's so cool that there's um, some light being shed on sort of what it looks like on the back end and how much work it takes and just showing that there's real people behind it is really important because um, that's something that gets skewed on the internet and that's where things like bullying stem from. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like really great to share the, the more real aspects behind it. Yeah. And speaking of real people, so you wrote a blog post about buying followers and your take on people are like on how that's kind of something that some people in the industry do. So tell the audience kind of about why you felt so compelled to write this blog post and also like why buying followers is not something that you should do. Yeah. So I, I was honestly a little bit nervous, um, writing that blog post because sort of my whole, um, my whole vibe on social media and just this whole journey and everything I'm trying to represent in my life and my career is positivity. Like I definitely try to be as positive and like kind and spread like happiness and love and you know all that stuff so I was I was really nervous to write that blog post because it was definitely like probably the most negative thing that I ever put out there but it was also um super important to me because it's a bit of an epidemic in this industry and um I'm all about you know like justice and doing things with integrity and stuff as well so I I felt that it was really important to um give my two cents on that so to speak um and basically that just stems from the fact that I've, I and a bunch of other influencers as well have done this the hard way mm-hmm. and the true way. And it takes so much work. It's so much effort. You know, you're running this business basically all by yourself and your, your role stems from like CEO making all the decisions to like the intern who has to like iron the shirt and like go on the coffee run. Like it's just, it's so much. And then you have to learn marketing and you have to like meander through this industry and be like, should I, you know, should I take this campaign? Does it fit with my brand? Should I Mm -hmm. charge, start charging at this number of following? Like there's all these things that you have to figure out and it's so, so much work and uh, growing a following is one of the hardest parts. You know, you have to, you have to create really good content to get people to want to, subscribe to your channel basically and um you have to be consistent which takes a lot of time and effort and planning and you have to be authentic and there's just so many things that go into it and um 
once you're successful at doing that, once you have a following, you have this amazing community that like supports you and backs you and receives, um, you know, valuable information from you, which is like such a beautiful thing. And from that point, you're able to turn this into a career because companies and sponsorships start to come about because they're like, wow, you have this amazing audience who you agree is amazing and you feel close to. And it's, it's just like this awesome thing that you've worked so hard for and it's so worth it. And that's how you like turn this into a career and you're living this awesome lifestyle. And then um, there's unfortunately people who just cut all of that out and decide, you know, I'm not going to learn through trial and error or research or whatever, how to do the marketing. And I'm not going to, you know, grow this organic relationship with my audience and be vulnerable and, have 200 followers for the first three months or, you know, whatever it looks like. And they just decide that they're going to hop on the internet and buy a hundred thousand followers, which is a crazy number. And when you do it the right way, it's like a crazy achievement, which is awesome. And I want to be able to like celebrate people who have done that. But um, when you have all these people who are doing it inauthentically, it's, it's really hard to see, you know, who's true and who deserves not only work, but also praise and admiration. Like I've, I realized some of the people that I've looked up to may not have authentic followings and that's just, you know, really hard to deal with. And it's just, it's just truly an epidemic in this industry. So, you know, I just felt that I wanted to touch on it so that anyone, um, who was thinking about starting a blog or who was already in this sphere um, could just get like a little rain check about the ethics behind it. Like what kind of brand do you want to have? Do you want to have this authentic, amazing audience who supports you and you've grown with and you've gained because that's awesome. And it's also like the right thing to do for brands. Or do you want to like lie to yourself and your audience and the brands and pretend you have all these people looking at your stuff when you don't? Right. Well, and that's that's the really dicey thing about this is that these brands, you know, they like let's I mean, they're major brands where they have meetings where they're working out their advertising budgets, their marketing budgets and included in that now is, you know, the influencer budget and they have to turn in reports on how successful it was, why they're choosing to work with this person. And like, I don't know. I just think if all of this starts to get really misconstrued, then part of what made the influencer industry grow and what it is, is just not, it's going to be its downfall in a way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, it's a really good point to bring up. Like, you know, like, are you going to have an honest relationship with a company that's paying you for work? Yeah. And I mean, like I, I always feel a little bit dramatic when I say this and I am a little bit of a dramatic person, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's not only are you having an honest relationship with these companies, but what about yourself? Like, yeah, no, totally. It's, it's literally like I say, it's almost like serial killer ish to be like, you know, like it's like a mental thing to be like, 
saying that you're this thing that you're not like saying you've gained all these followers and that you have this audience and you don't. And I just wonder, like, how do people navigate that? At what point, like who's in on it and who's not like, do you tell your mom that you (laughs) have 200 followers, but it looks like you have 200,000. Like, do you tell your boyfriend that you bought them or like, you know, like who are you the real you to and who are you this persona to? And like, how exhausting is that to keep up with? Yeah, I'm just like picturing right now, like if I went and bought 100,000 followers, my friends would be like, so how much did you pay? (laughs) Like what? Yeah, like I I really wonder how people navigate that. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a weird, like super unethical thing. And I don't know, it just, it, it has to be talked about. I think, I think that people should be, um, I just think it needs to be on the forefront of the discussion and people who have participated in it need to take some responsibility for it and hopefully realize the severity of the inauthenticity of it. Yeah. I actually have a friend who she bought, I think it was pretty low. I think it was maybe a thousand max and she Mm -hmm. like, did it and just had this like just terrible feeling after and she literally um went back and blocked every single <laughs> person, like fake follower she wrote a blog post all about this but, oh my yeah, gosh she, I love that yeah she took the time to literally unfollow every single person she had quote-unquote paid for That's or blocked, so then they weren't in her like numbers anymore yeah it was no, it's that's pretty funny. Article. That's amazing because I get the human uh, need to just feel accepted and successful. And, you know, we all have done things that looking back, we're like, okay, that really wasn't something that I identify with, but unfortunately I like made that bad decision or whatever. So, you know, I get that aspect of this whole dilemma. And I think that it's so cool that she was transparent about it and just sort of said like, Hey, like this is what I did and this is how it made me feel. And this is how I like reverted it as best as I can. And like, that's just like so insanely authentic. So I love that she did that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Because that's, what's going to, you know, keep people accountable is people being transparent just about what they're doing instead of, you know, this all happening behind the scenes and not being addressed. Exactly. So what do you think is going to solve this problem? Because I think about this a lot. And one of the things that I think about is now that brands now even know that people buy fake followers, like they're looking for different metrics than just like the number of followers that you have, like whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, like um, your actual engagement rate, things like that. But I kind of wonder if that's going to make the actual blog itself back, bring that back stronger than when kind of Instagram took over the blogging space. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I definitely see some things happening in the industry that are um, sort of shifting towards a cleaner system of figuring out, you know, who has a healthy following and who doesn't. I know the uh, API change affected a few of those things, mm-hmm. um, but I know, like, the platform, like, for... Oh, um, yeah. 
yeah, they're, they're really big on sort of authenticating as much as they can, which I think is super valuable to influencers and brands. And I know there's like a website. I actually just learned of this website last night. And of course I went and stalked a bunch of people on it. Um, yeah, it's a website where you can, um, like look up people's follower health and it will actually have a graph of like bot followers and organic followers. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that they're just coming out with tools and I think a lot of things, uh, can point to authenticity as well. Like there's some people with really high followings with very, um, I don't know how to say this like nicely, but their content is not good. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a little bit of a red flag also. Um, and then there's like good signs too. Like if people are commenting, like I need this shirt or like, I want to go to this hotel or, you know, just sort of like positive affirmations like that about the things that you're discussing on your Instagram. I think that's like a really good sign for companies um, that people are interested in the things you're talking about. But I also, um, I think it's really interesting that you said maybe it will shift more people over to like the blogging end of things, which would be great because as far as I know, I don't think you can, by a subscribing email right. yeah no no exactly yeah like I think that's illegal yeah I, mean, I, don't, I don't know of any like email subscription bots so I think that could be like a good way to be like okay this is you know this is of a, a surefire way of knowing someone has an engaged audience or something but yeah and they may create some system to just fake that too right yeah yeah when I create media kits for my clients now I've been including their email list size um just you know because I feel like it just kind of again brings that perspective of okay it's not just the Instagram account like here's how you can really see like the full scope and even a brand conceived just based on their following okay their Instagram following definitely adds up to what their newsletter subscriber is. It's probably all, all good because it all correlates. But, yeah, exactly. So that's, that's a new approach I've been doing, which is interesting. Um, and I mean, again, so many things with this industry, it's like, okay, well, we'll see, but it is, I think, fun to talk about, especially like, you know, just, being proactive rather than being late to the party, I guess, because you're yeah. not, you have the blinders on or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a humbling thing to grow an audience, mm-hmm. you know, everyone for sure starts at zero, which is a really powerful thing and a really hard thing, but you just have to keep that in mind. Like we all started from zero and, um, it's just a really humbling process to be like, okay, I thought I was going to have like this many followers by now, but I'm actually not doing something as well as I could be, I guess. So let me implement more blog posts or a different approach to aesthetic or whatever it is. And you learn things that way. And then you, once you start to see growth, it's really rewarding and it's, you know, it's super insightful as well. So it's, it's just, it's one of the most important parts of the journey is to grow this audience. So just mm-hmm. going out and buying them is not only 
selling your, so to speak, audience short, but also yourself. Like you're robbing yourself of these awesome experiences and lessons. Mm -hmm. Totally. So what advice do you have for someone who does want to step up their following, grow that in a authentic and organic way? Yeah. So I think that, um, definitely one of the most important parts of doing so is consistency. So, um, like I mentioned in my blog post today, consistency has been a standard that I've upheld as high as I possibly can because, um, it's an opportunity every single day to market yourself and give people something, um, to explain who you are and what you're doing and what you represent by posting content every day. And, you know, sometimes life happens. Sometimes you have to take a blackout date because you're just exhausted or going through something or whatever it is. It's, it does not have to be a hundred percent every single day, but mm-hmm. I mean, since I've started this two years ago, I'd say there's probably like I don't know, maybe like seven days where I haven't posted something like I've really like tried to stay up on that as much as possible. So um, I think that if you're committed to it and you really are trying to do this by being consistent as much as you can, it will obviously help you grow and it will also keep you attached to your goal. Mm-hmm. Totally. It, it keeps you doing what you're working for. Um And then obviously just like being yourself is super important. Everyone gets inspired by other people, but uh, um, you don't want to like sort of be in someone else's shadow and just be trying to be them. Um, And giving your audience value is hugely important, whether, I mean, that can stem from so many ways, right? If you're just being relatable, that might be giving someone value. Someone might feel like connected to, the fact that you're going through something similar to them and that gives them value or like teaching someone how to style something like that's a different kind of value Mm -hmm. or beautiful imagery is a different kind of value. So just like make sure you're giving people value and not just, you know, something that's uninspiring or unrelatable or any of those things. And I think that um, by doing that, you are, pretty much set to grow a following as long as you just keep at it for some time and be patient. Absolutely. I think a big thing that you mentioned is consistency because that is the one thing that I see is the difference between a very successful influencer and the one who's just wishing and hoping that there were, that there's like some secret that she's going to finally unveil that everyone's been keeping from her because consistent lack of consistency to me is, and this might be harsh, but a lack of Mm self-discipline and not wanting it enough. Like Mm -hmm. I have zero tolerance for someone to tell me that they're frustrated that they're not growing their blog yet. They're being inconsistent. Like I just have zero tolerance for that. Yeah. I mean, it's so like assuming, like you just assume that it would come to you without the work or something like that's totally not the attitude that's going to get you anywhere noteworthy. Yeah. Like if you inconsistently show up to your nine to five, like, are you, yeah, you're going to get fired. (laughs) Exactly. Like it just blows my mind and I know it shouldn't. I know like the majority, like, 
there's a lot of people who like want to find the shortcut. Um, and maybe I'm guilty my, myself of always trying to make things harder than they need, even need to be. Sometimes I'm definitely mm-hmm. one of those people that I like assume it's going to be harder than it needs to be, or it's going to take longer. And sometimes I need to like actually be like, no, this can be easy, Monica. Like not everything has to be super hard, but I do think like with consistency, like when people are like, oh, I'm so sick of everyone telling me that the only way I'm going to be able to grow this is if I'm consistent. And it's just like, yeah, but that's the only way you're going to get your salary if you go into your job. Exactly. Exactly. No, and it's, I think it's like also super important to remember to celebrate the things because, um, especially in this industry, it's so easy to just have your eye on the prize all the time. And whenever you, you know, get a certain job or you hit a certain follower number, you're just ready for the next one. You're like, okay, well, now I'm ready for this campaign or like, when am I going to get to this number? And you forget that you know, a year ago, if someone would have told you, you would have been at this number, you would have been like elated. And now because you've like crept up to it for so long, you're not that excited about it. So it's, it's really important to be like gentle with yourself and celebrate everything that you're doing rather than just being ready for the next thing. Like, I think it's good to set goals and be ambitious and stuff, but if you can't celebrate the goals that you've already achieved, there's not really a point in having the future ones either. Totally. Totally. Like when you think back to two years ago and you look at how far you've come, like, how does that feel? Yeah. I mean, it's just like crazy and it it was so much work and um, it's been like just day in and day out that it sort of happens in like slow motion. Like I was mentioning, like you just mm-hmm. creep up to these numbers or something. So it's like, and like these really exciting jobs, like you'll get to a point where like, you're really excited about a type of job once it like first comes in and then it just like doles, I guess, over time. Mm -hmm. You're just like, okay, like this is exciting, but like not like the kind of way that you felt in the beginning. And I, I think it's just really good to like remind myself, like, wait, like you have achieved like this many people interested in your life. Like you should be proud of yourself and, happy about that and you know you've been able to work with all these amazing brands like instead of just being like well I still haven't worked with so-and-so and I really want to like I I try to remember like this is crazy that I've been able to do this I'm so so grateful yeah it's amazing I'm so excited for you like seriously that's oh it's you. really it's really to cool I love hearing these stories this is why I do the podcast because it's just that reminder that like you can find your passion in your career and you can be profitable doing it if you put in the work. Like, you really can. All right. So I love to wrap up these episodes with some lifestyle questions. So the first one is, what was your morning routine today? Um, So today, I every morning when I wake up, I have this thing that I do where I uh, do not look at my phone because I was really frustrated at some point that uh, the first and last thing I did every single day was look at my phone. I just Mm. felt like Mm -hmm. a slave to my phone. And I also didn't feel like it was good for 
like the way that I started my day, like just consuming and being like, what is everyone else doing? And like, what emails did I get? Like, it just, it just didn't set the right tone for the day. So, um, I started this thing. I'm not allowed to look at my phone, like not even for like the time. Um, so yeah, so I get up and then I go read a book for, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 30 minutes. And then sometimes I do like weird little like spiritual things or meditate or whatever. And then once I've done all that, then I'm allowed to look at my phone. <laughs> so then I, uh, cause it's just like a way better way for me to start the day. It just, mm-hmm. that's a completely different tone, which is a crazy thing to say because I could do the same exact things after those two different actions. And it would be a totally different day for me. Like my attitude and my, perception of life is so different from doing that I completely agree yeah yeah so I do that and then um then I start looking at my phone and my emails and catch up on housekeeping and all that fun stuff and um then I I wrote my blog post got that all up this morning and um I was doing some unboxing and took a shower I mean it's pretty, it's pretty chill around here on Friday. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, yeah, I've decided that, um, I need to relook at my calendar and be like, you know what? Friday mornings, I'm not going to take calls because why not? I like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what is your favorite lifestyle hack tip or trick? Um, well, sort of like I mentioned before, um, I like to read in the mornings and I like to do those little like spiritual things or meditate or whatever. And I think that a huge thing for me lifestyle wise, um, is just sort of keeping up on for lack of a better word, self-help. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just all about like bettering me and my mindset and my attitude and my energy and stuff like that. So whether it be inspirational podcasts or self-help books or like a nature walk in the middle of the day or whatever it is, I think it's super important to just give yourself some wellness sometimes in that way and, Mm -hmm. you know, focus on peace or presence or, you know, whatever it is that you kind of identify with and just sort of being in touch with that side of things like so that you don't get too wrapped up in everything else which is you know productivity and money and career and materials and outward appearances and all of those other things that consume our brains totally it's that's the best way to get grounded yeah and if you're grounded then you can handle all those other things exactly they won't affect you and yeah um, you know, a major way, like the, your day won't be ruined if you right. have a hair day. Right. Like it kind of like taking that like emotion out of those kind of external factors because exactly. They, they were, yeah. So cool. I love that. Well, Delaney, where can everyone find you? Um, so I'm on Instagram at the styled seed and, uh, my blog is www.styledseed.com and I'm on YouTube under Delaney Childs. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was such an awesome conversation. I love that we just got raw and real with this industry and I think it's just, it's needed to be shared. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.